Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Locker Room FC podcast. Today, I am joined by two other co-hosts. Unfortunately, uh, Sherish couldn't be here due to uh, stuff in his life, but we still have our other two Premier League fan co-hosts, uh, Shiv Kumar and Rashid. Uh, this week, again, we're going to be sticking with uh, like talking about the Premier League and maybe a more general uh, like talk about uh, the Champions League or the Golden Boy shortlist, depending on how this goes. Um, so we are recording this on Super Sunday, and we've just seen some crazy results already on Saturday and on Sunday. Um, so uh, would, do you guys want to start off with like the crazy result that happened today, the Tottenham uh, uh, West Ham game? Or do yeah, you want to talk about? We have to talk about the Tottenham West Ham game because that was just something. Unbelievable that we witnessed. It was so right off the bat. Um, I was live tweeting the game because uh, it, it was very painful for me to watch Tottenham go 3 0 against any team. And they looked really good to the point that people were actually calling them title contenders. Now, uh, who knows? Uh, it like they very well could be. They look like a really good team, but like, what does that result really do for them? Like, are they still being regarded as title contenders? Or, like, are they, like... Does that result change things now? Um, I think that, you know, regardless of what happened towards the ending, Tottenham still have a lot of positives to take from at least the first half of that game. Uh, Harry Kane and Son, so far, this first couple of games, are just on another level to how well they're able to link with each other. And Harry Kane's got six assists already. I don't know, he might be looking to break Thierry Henry and KDB's record like halfway through the season at this point. But uh, they had a fantastic start. They were playing some really good football. But then, this is the Premier League. You never know what happens. And we were able to see that in the ending where West Ham just scored one, got some momentum, scored two. And then Lanzini at the ending with an absolute cracker to uh, make to equalize. Not a great debut for Gareth Bale who saw three goals go past him in 18 minutes of playing. So, uh, it's all to play for here. You can't say that they're going to be title contenders. You can't rule them out. This is just turning out to be a crazy start to a crazy season. Yeah, I feel like that, that last night in particular, uh, in a season where nothing is going according to plan, uh, one of the biggest um, powerhouses of the Premier League, Virgil van Dijk, and one of the most important figures, like he was, has just got an ACL injury, which we'll obviously come to later. And in a season like that, uh, everything is up in the air. Anybody, anybody can literally grab it. And Tottenham looked like they were they were on their way, like they had all the tools. And then they do that. Why are we saying they collapsed like that? Um, now, I didn't watch the entire game because uh, obviously I have a life of my own. Uh, <laughs> but... It did seem like after like some time, the players also just like got tired and they didn't have like the mentality they came into the game with. What do you guys think? Uh, Shiv, what about you? Um, man, hats off. First of all, we have to talk about West Ham's, you know, don't die spirit. Like they didn't give up at any point. You know, they have only had like 18 minutes left. And, you know, like, I mean, like, they, they practically, it feels like a win to them. But, you know, at 3 nil, you would easily write it off. You can, you know, start uh, even uh, Moyes out chance. You could, like, say they're rubbish or whatever. But the spirit they showed. Um, I think at 3-2, uh, 
bail uh, after he came on he had a chance to make it 4-2 and seal the game but yeah like uh, rashid said it wasn't his day at all um he saw his team scored three goals and after he came on they conceded three you know like i feel a little bit that you know bail coming on kind of ruined the balance a little bit in the team because uh, when bail came on they had Maybe. to you know they had to he's change exactly up their line match. he's not exactly match fit right now is he yeah he did, he didn't look you know the i mean we wouldn't expect him to be the garrett bail of old but yeah he was really you know uh, he he wasn't looking to cruise through or anything he was just trying to keep the boat afloat you know just test out a few niggles i mean uh, murino would have thought thought that this is a perfect game to give him a chance because it's still premier league opposition and uh, you know they 3-0 up they wouldn't have been much for him to lose but clearly there was all all of it to do uh yeah, that's and, very uh, interesting though cuz even i feel like uh, son kane and uh, mora that front three is like they do offer some defensive like uh, like like shape like not shape like some defensive cover at least which is very weird um, to think about cuz they're a front three yeah but uh, then mora uh, i think burwens are playing instead yeah today today mora was on the bench as well it was yeah, okay. uh, son pretty much like I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if they were playing a four-three-three or playing a four-two-three-one. Ah, they were playing a four-three-three. No, four-four-three-three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it was Bergwijn and not. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bergwijn yeah. and not. Man, uh, it's just it shows. I, at one point, I'm like, you know what, man, Tottenham have fallen apart. Wow, amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, how did we concede six to this team? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that we could is, talk I about guess. this as well as to how every team, like if you go back from the start, Leicester were able to thrash Man City. West Ham were able to thrash Leicester, but then West Ham were losing three nil like the first ten minutes. So it's almost like each week is just like different teams playing at this point. That's what I think with Tottenham, especially once they were three nil up in ten minutes. I feel that they had gone into like cruise control way too early. Like you could see the second half, they didn't have like much uh, motivation to score even more goals. They just were happy to sit back and pass the ball around. As soon as if the first goal me, went, if you allow me to interrupt, once they went three nil up, they went into Tottenham Hotspur mode. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I you could see you could see the shift as well. As soon as the second goal, especially was an own goal. Once the own goal went in, they were like, "Oh no, guys!" As as soon as Sanchez put the ball at the back of the neck, back back of the net, they were just uh, shivering and they were like, they lost all. They were they were the second best team for the last five minutes, and Lanzini made them pay towards the ending. It's crazy because we've been talking about like, okay, Tottenham like capitulated, but they were leading three nil at eighty two minutes. and they drew the game how is that possible it's just it's absolutely nuts to me but you know uh i feel like you should still give them like some uh like like they played really well in the beginning and all their new signings are meshing together like uh today regular had a very good game hoiberg had a very good game that went that goes unnoticed cuz just of where he plays uh <clears throat> we all know what uh, kane and son did so uh it's not the end of the world for them but it it does speak a lot to the fact that 
even in Jose Mourinho's second season, the Tottenham Hotspur mentality is still within the club. That's the one thing. That's the main reason that they haven't won a Premier League title yet, mind you. They had Premier League. They had two chances to win the Premier League title, and both times it was the Tottenham Hotspur mentality within the club. It's ingrained within the club that led them to not winning the title. And it will be interesting to see if like Jose can come in a serial winner and instill that winner's mentality in a club that's like to be fair, are serial bottlers. Like I don't know how you want me to like. There's no other way of putting it. Yes, I'm a Chelsea fan, but that's what they are. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, adding to the point that you said, uh, Jose has to come and do something that Klopp did because if you see this three-three three-three uh, draw that they had. It's very similar to the three-three draw that uh, Liverpool had in against Crystal Palace that season, where they were supposed to be winning, and then they they went and bottled it. And since then, they had that form where they dropped. So that was the mentality that Liverpool had at the time. But then Klopp came and was able to change it to the winning mentality that they have now. Uh, Sorry, the last similar? couple of games might not reflect this statement, but uh, that's what Jose has to do, and just shift the mentality of this team into fighting till the last minute. I think it's quite similar, but I get what you're coming from. Like, he still has to, like, uh, like, like instill that mentality. Like, we've all seen, uh, like, we've all seen clips of uh, All or Nothing, the uh, Amazon doc, and he's been trying, but, like, I don't know, something can never change, I guess. Uh, especially when the code of the club has still been there since, uh, like, the Pochettino days. Uh, but, yeah, you guys have anything else to say about uh, <laughs> the serial... Tottenham Hotspur performance that just happened in front of us right now. All right, I guess then let's talk about another game that happened uh, before. Um, we're going to talk about another 3 3 draw. Uh, this one, which before the Tottenham game was even more comedic, not even more, but it was the talking point, it was the laughing point of the Premier League for this weekend. And obviously, Tottenham outdid that performance. Thank God for that. I am obviously uh, talking about my team uh, drawing 3-3 at home to Southampton. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've talked about this way too much. Uh, but here I am. Uh, actually, But you know what? I would, I would, I, I, I've never heard, I've actually haven't heard like you, yours, you guys' honest like thoughts about like what happened yesterday. Uh, Shiv, I know that you watched the like entire game. What did you yeah, think? so... Um, it's it was Chelsea's points to throw away. I mean, they dominated for like the first forty-five was completely theirs, and uh, I feel like the main mistake they made was allowing Southampton to get into the match before halftime, because that Danny's goal really gave them hope. Really allowed them to. Second goal was. <laughs> you know, but but it's it still was out of Sunday league. That's what that goal was. It does. Oh. <laughs> it is, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is like, even though the second goal was not created, you know, not the most creative or the best outstanding goal or unexpected or anything, but what the, the Danny Ings' goal really pushed Chelsea back. It didn't allow them to go forward. And at the same, like, you know, they, they had a grip on them and they're like, oh, okay, we only have a one goal lead. We don't have a two or a three goal lead. So we have to hold on to it. And then when uh, Southampton eventually got the goal, uh, the second goal, and Chelsea went into panic mode. 
then we saw then we uh, actually showed up yeah yeah then we saw werner pulisic and havertz you know the three the three boys combined you know how much does it hurts they did combine really well and havertz got his first premier league goal after five games okay yeah, five games uh and you know they got uh, even even werner even werner it was his first goal i believe yeah. Is there more shots game. on target than Martial? <laughs> Martial has played what two and a half games, not in half. Nevertheless, um, <laughs> we see. Yeah, so they combine well, and then last minute just is sloppy from Chelsea. Like utter sloppy. They they Westergaard sh- shouldn't have been able to even have half a chance in that position. Chelsea should have. You no, know, I mean it kind of talks about the. Uh, No, the Lampard is. I mean, this would have been a point if Mourinho Tottenham didn't do it. But I would have said that Lampard's uh, Lampard is inexperienced. But it's more to say that the players still haven't are not still experienced together. Players can be experienced on their own, but there's a thing about being experienced together. You know, you, like w- once you play with a person, you know who to mark, you know where to play, you know who to who can rely on to hold up. And I feel like Chelsea lost the ball, you know, needlessly, couple of times. Yeah, places, yeah. 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 And I really feel like Southampton just took their chances and got away with a point while Chelsea lost two. That should have been their. Before, reason. before I enter into an ant, uh, Rashid, like, do you have any other thing, anything like, like, say to that? <laughs> yeah, I think Shiv covered the the main points. The f- thing right now with the team is it's a game of like two halves you have your attacking trio which is doing amazingly well up front you're creating great chances fantastic like team play goals and stuff but then once it goes to the back there's too many mistakes that people are doing like zuma and uh, kepa the those kepa like we've seen it times and times yes mendy's injured that's why he's playing but uh, zuma as well yesterday was as much as we have to blame kepa zuma's mistake was also really bad so these are the this is like a common pattern we're seeing in chelsea's games that the defense is just letting them down with these silly chances individual errors it's not even like the backline is a whole anymore because i've seen improvement in that aspect it's individual errors that it keeps <laughs> happening it happened against west brom it happened against southampton and that game against west brom as well i think i mentioned if we had taken our chances before that first goal went in it would have been a completely different story again same thing if we had scored one more goal or in not in let that danny ings goal who knows what would have happened southampton i don't know maybe they, they might have come back in the second half stronger but they wouldn't have scored two goals and were back and we let that happen first of all the i i like i obviously like seeing like all our new signings play was amazing and they combined really well together and as that's all every all chelsea fans have been saying that they'd be doing but what was that second goal like even the first goal i'm going to give him like like criticism right i i love kai havertz and i think he is a crazy crazy player he's a very class talent why is he trying to be matteo kovacic inside our own half i don't get it Like yes, we get it. You have dribbling ability, mate. But you're not. He is a tall, lanky figure, and he's trying to beat the press inside our own half with three Southampton midfielders around him. That's not going to work. 
Like, yes, the positioning of the centre-backs after that led Danny Ings like, way too easily, but they didn't have enough time to recover when you lose the ball in midfield. And then the second goal. I agree, Rashid. Zuma's pass was... It was crazy. But Zuma has been performing, right? So, I let him off for that mistake. Yes, it's a horrible mistake. But, like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll say that, you know what? That could have been easily saved. The goalkeeper... I'm not even going to mention his name. He goes for a 50-50 tackle. Then it turns out he easily has the ball. He pulls out of the 50-50 after that, <laughs> giving the ball to Che Adams. Andreas Christensen dives in and makes an amazing save with his, like, like, like putting his body on the line. The ball is bouncing in one spot. You think any goalkeeper in the world would go diving in to save that ball, to catch that ball. Petr Cech with a concussion in his head would have gone and like risked like getting another concussion to like catch that ball. He tried to push the ball away. He didn't even manage to do that. And then after that, he's still ball watching. Furthermore, Andreas Christensen, he can't do anything. He, he did his best there, like credit to him. And Kurt Zuma, after he made the initial mistake, he was just watching like, oh yeah, it's just going to happen now. What was Kepper doing? What was he doing? Guys, I, I can't. Oh, luckily this podcast was created back in August. If this was there before, then oh, I would, like everyone would have heard so many Kepper runs, but I guess this is all there is. And, you know, after that, the game was a wrap. Uh, the tackle the that led to the free kick for the third goal was unfortunate. Uh, I don't think Reshame should be conceding uh, free kicks like that, especially in the 94th minute, but <laughs> I think it was bound to happen. Like as soon as uh, as soon as we went three two up, and then we replaced our like our main players to bring in players to like get like get defensive shape. I was just like, yeah, we're considering an equalizer here. Uh, but in terms of how much of that was the manager's fault, uh, I want I, I want to get your thoughts on this first, like because I know like my opinion is that a lot of it, not like most of it, was down to individual errors, like. Yes, like the backline is still very vulnerable to like counterattacks and transition because of like how like frail that midfield like offers. But like, how much of that can you blame Frank Lampard? Um, I don't know what she was gonna say with his Lampard agenda, but <laughs> before that, I'll just get a neutral point of view in. Uh, I don't think that Lampard was much to be blamed yesterday because I felt Chelsea's system was still working uh, really well. I did not see much of the game, but as much as far as I saw that they didn't have any flaws in the way they were leading up their plays, in the way they were trying to keep the ball. It was just these individual errors that were costing you because it's the manager can't like, you know, the thing that happened to the second goal or the first goal, it, it wasn't a problem where it was lack of the way how you're attacking or defending. It was just First one, Havertz was just simply uh, doing something he shouldn't have done. And Zuma and Kepa, I don't even, I can't say more to what Sarah said, but they uh, they messed up as there as well. So I don't see that they had he had any problems there. But for the third goal, perhaps we're trying to switch over defensive. Maybe that they Chelsea did not have a good defensive shape. Like they. They were all over the place with uh, once they had a lot of players just trying to keep the ball in, and I don't think they looked too convincing there. But I still can't blame Lampard so much for uh, yesterday's draw. 
I don't know what she was going to say, but let's hand it to her. See, genuinely, I have only didn't understand one decision, and this came in before the goal. Um, why did Lampard take off ha- uh, Werner and bring on Abraham? I want to ask you, uh, Sarah, because when I saw, I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, like it wasn't his fault at all. Like. like obviously he made a lot of decisions whether it be the team sheet or like in game management that maybe another decision would have affected the game and yeah i didn't understand either because you would expect like a team that were as dominant as this in the first half to kind of kill the game so i i generally don't know why he brought on ibrahim no i i i thought he'd bring on uh, you know tomori cuz is all about holding on to the lead and there's nothing wrong with holding on to the lead um cuz Southampton was, you know, like at times they did have their chances, and he shouldn't be taking any risks. So bringing Tomori on would have been, you know, it might have not had made a difference in the end, but still it would have been an extra man in the box and could have, you know, prevented the goal from coming. So uh, I, I don't yeah, think I, mean, I, I don't think I don't have much to say about Lampard about this game because he has his like more or less his preferred lineup right now. Because uh, I think you put in Ziyech uh, starting over Mason Mount, I guess, and that's boosting Chelsea for you for the season. And, and Thiago Silva as well. Thiago Silva and obviously Mendy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You and, start Kepa, you know, you're already two nil down. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, there's an interesting thing I, uh, you know, I've noticed. while talking about the games uh there were a tale of two returns this weekend uh you know gareth bale who saw his team uh who returned after what seven years and saw his team concede three goals while he was on the pitch and then there was uh for southampton um theo walcott yeah, who returned after 14 years and provided and was very contrib- like you know contributed a lot to the uh, third goal the draw yeah so, yeah he played well i he wasn't too bad as well he was playing in a more central role under hasanothu yeah. so maybe he's found his place at southampton but you know fair play to him uh, he deserves it probably but still a painful result it's actually very surprising to he- uh, not hear any criticism from you about lampard but uh, you know uh, i guess he's already had enough of his criticism i don't think like you need more on top of the pile of like obviously you, like you have to be winning against teams like southampton especially at home but there's only so much you can do when like the defensive error yeah so i guess now is just time to see how we react to that like in sevilla like midweek and then um man united away uh, on saturday um Let's talk about one more thing about the Premier League, right? So, the I think this might be the biggest talking point because uh, arguably the world's best defender has now gone out with an ACL injury. Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, I I feel bad for him, obviously, but what like that has a massive implications on like what, what happens to the Premier League now. Like Liverpool are not going to be the same giants. Like they can win the league. I'm not saying they can't. but god like even with van dijk they conceded seven against aston villa imagine what will happen if they pair up matip and gomez what do you guys think like w- w- what does that mean for the premier league now 
Well, I think that this is a huge, huge blow for Liverpool because at the time it's come as well. It's not like they're cruising in and they had a great start that they could build on that motivation. They've gone through a horrible patch. They've lost 7-2 uh, with Van Dijk in the team. And now they would need a lot of motivation from to come out of that phase to like start, you know, you know, rebuilding that uh, mentality of winning consecutive games. But... Having that blow immediately after that big loss is going to be really bad for the the way the team's behaving because they're just having like the key players keep getting removed. Mane was gone, and then they had tried to keep up without him. Now Van Dijk's gone, so the, I I believe in the camp at least the the way the players must be feeling should be horrible. So this is a huge blow for them, as we know. Like Van Dijk's the heart of the defense now. Pairing up Matip and Gomez is going to be very very shady. And I don't see them doing as well, or nearly half as well with without Van Dijk. So uh, I think it's gonna be if Liverpool do pull it off from here, it's gonna be some unbelievable performances because I would say that they could. This is some title. This was a title already. It's wide open, but this makes it unbelievably hard for Liverpool to win. I don't see them winning right now without Van Dijk in the squad. I don't see them even being close to winning if. They are able to not fix, I don't know, make Matip into Van Dijk. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. Mm. Shivmate, what do you think? You think the Arsenal is he's, still going to win? He's definitely thinking something. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm afraid Liverpool are going to go and, you know, buy Upamecano in January or something. Really? I, I'm You're not... going that far? No, I, this might be I, like actually, some 500 IQ prediction there. Like I, I'm genuinely think because see, uh, Van Dyke. No, I mean, uh, what Van Dyke brings to the team is much more than what you see on stats. Because uh, number one, uh, what he he went off in the first half, not even an entire game without Van Dyke. They considered two headed goals. The area presence that he has in the back is, like, I would say unmatched to anyone else in the Premier League. Because... Yeah, uh, I mean, Calvert-Lewin can probably match it. <laughs> at the back? Yeah. So At the back, yeah. <laughs> man, Van, Dij- Van Dijk's defensive is not the only thing. And, you know, if you ask me, actually, in Liverpool last season, the more vocal... I mean, on paper, captain is Jordan Henderson. But the one I've seen more vocal and more uh, helpful in the organization of the team has been Van Dijk because he he's he's somehow always in the right position. He's always in the right position. He knows where his teammates are. He commands them to go into the right positions, and he's so instrumental to how the back like, like the entire backline clicks. And now you see like uh, imagine there's like two walls at the back. First of all, Allison went. And it's Adrian. So now it's like a gaping hole. And now there's Van Dijk. Another gaping hole. Alexander Arnold getting oh, exposed weekly. What is I've actually completely forgot that Alisson's out injured. Like how like, how long is Alisson out for that? I thought he was sixteen days, right? Sixteen days. That's like I don't know, three but games. I... supposed to be out for another two, three more games at least. I, I, I completely I, I, forgot. Like I saw Arjen play, but I was just like, "Oh, it's just one game." But that's a very good point. 
there's no Van Dyke and there's no Adrian. And with having Trent, it's like there's no right back. <laughs> In defense, I still rate him highly. Just a joke. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but when we made the predictions video like uh, a month earlier, uh, we said that like the one thing that Liverpool uh, can't have, like does not help Liverpool is injuries. And we and- meant injuries to their front line. But we didn't we even think about that they the have, back. yeah, we have, we, we forgot that they have no depth at the back. Like, okay, yeah, Matip is pretty good and Gomez is pretty good, but they're good paired up with Virgil van Dijk. Like, who knows yeah, how the, good they actually are? They're paired up together. This, this is the perfect test to see how good, especially no Gomez, because Gomez yeah. keeps starting with van Dijk and, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him being underrated and stuff. This is his moment to step up and show how good he is himself. At least we know Raheem Sterling will be watching the Liverpool games now. <laughs> Talking about that though, what do you guys think about Manchester, especially this week? City with the win, United with the win. You know, we're, we're both uh, we're in the top 10 now, albeit in ninth place, but we're still in the top 10. Uh, I, 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 United, they, um, it, it takes some, um, some, some level of grit to come back. Like, I, it's, it's not come back. Uh, yeah, obviously come back because the way they conceded was uh, not like an ideal way to concede. And then being 1-1 uh, at, away to Newcastle, is, it's, it's, it's actually a difficult like, predicament to be in because it's Newcastle and they're not going to let much in for you. I remember last, like, uh, last year when we went to uh, St. James's Park, it was 0-0 the whole game. The 92nd minute, we went forward in the corner and somehow they scored like in the 94th minute to a counter-attack. So, a fair play United, they, even... kept, they kept going at it and they kept like, and they got their result, which, you know, like, you would think it, it's a very, I feel like it's a very good bounce back from uh, last week's result. I feel like it's, 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 it's a very underrated uh, result for this week and I'm pretty sure it's gone under the radar a little bit, but yeah, fair play United. Uh, City, I don't really have much to say actually because uh, Arsenal were pretty crap. Uh, like you said, I, they were. You said they would lose to. Yeah, I didn't think say? they'd be this crap. I didn't think. I didn't think they'd be this crap to City. Uh, but they were pretty crap. And to be fair, though, I, I probably should have seen it coming because considering that Arteta is basically just a Spanish Sam Allardyce. Uh, <laughs> again, it's about, please don't get offended. <laughs> I um, hope you're watching this, Rahul. I was <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours who's an Arsenal fan. Um, yeah, uh, I was. I probably should have expected it because I. I thought like yeah, they probably like obviously like like deep, but they be good going forward. But they they didn't have any threat going forward. Uh, in large part to William and Nicholas Pepe, but we won't go into that too in too much in detail. Uh, but yeah, good result for City as well. They finally managed to overcome Arteta. Only took four games. Yes. I don't know. Okay, uh, without De Bruyne as well, I was oh, very, fair, very yeah. skeptical about this game as well. So I think it's a big result for City to just start afresh. And you know, now that Liverpool is done, the title race is uh, just, just focus the game, game at a time, and just try to regain their shape at the back. And for Manchester United, I feel this was a really important game just because of the fixtures that they have next. They're facing PSG, Chelsea. RB Leipzig and then Arsenal. So, you know, if they lost this game, they would have gone with some, you know, they would have been at a bad place. But taking this win forward, they can look at these big games and try to uh, get some good points as well over there. Who are uh, City playing midweek? Uh, 
I think. Do City play this week? I don't think. I am not sure. This week, right? I I'm pretty sure that City play next week. Okay, but, and uh, I mean, all teams are playing week? next week. I think all no, teams. They, are they, they play this week. They play po- They play. They play Porto only. They play on Wednesday, and then they and play then... West Ham. On... Oh, they play okay. West Ham. Oh, it's that's bad. That's that's gonna that's gonna it's not awful. It's not ideal, but it's not awful. Uh, as as Shivkuma dubbed David Moyes as Zoom called Alex Ferguson. It's gonna be a tough match against him. Shiv, what did you think about the Max? I'm generalizing here. Obviously, I mean, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but then the Man City Arsenal game was like, I mean, I was pretty hyped for it, you know, because you know it's two of the big six. I mean, our Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal is still part of the big six, but yeah, so it's two of the big six, and you know, <laughs> the audacity, <laughs> the shots. The shot. I thought, I thought it would be like more entertaining, more fun, attacking football. You know, like yeah. you know, Arteta ball, and then you know, two uh, fifty million ball, like the Guardiola going at it. Man, but then, yeah, it was pretty yeah. boring actually. The city without De Bruyne. Have yeah, I think after City got the first goal, they were just holding out to dear life. They didn't. They were, they were just, they brought, they, as soon as Aguero was taken off as well in the 68th minute, they knew that they're not going to get a goal. So they just had to stay at the back and, you know, just I'm, try and I'm hold on. Say, and there were some really, really shaky moments. And I was just sitting over there like, if we concede one, we're going to concede two. So I'm, I'm, you know, I have a genuine question. Do, you, do Arsenal have a defensive shape? Like, do they like practice stuff like that? They, they, they do have like, a defensive shape. Like they that look- is one thing they have developed though. Like, like, okay, you can't really say it's like a permanent defensive shape because they are playing like five at the back against your big teams like City, and they did that against Liverpool as well. But when it, when it comes to like smaller teams, they play like a four. That also you never know. But like when they play five at the back, they have a pretty good defensive structure as far as I've noticed. They have their back line, and then the combination of Zaka and then like so Sebastian. far we've seen Eleni play, Ceballos play, and now we'll see Partey be there. That is a very good combination, and it's already worked with Jaka and Ceballos. Jaka and um, who am I thinking? Um, Elneny. So it's that's a pretty good defensive shape, but it's just that how are they going to translate defense into attack? That's my question. I don't know. What was your point, though? No, I I seen like you know um, when they're playing five at the back, right? I feel like at times uh, Jaka is playing, but Ceballos is not doing enough to uh, complement them. Like yeah, he is back, but then he doesn't like. He sometimes goes out of position, and that really like makes it you know outnumbers them in certain positions. If Man City get the ball out, yeah, I think that's why they've brought on Partey to like uh, you know to provide more uh, depth to the team. Because I think that that's as soon as he came on, maybe even if it's just uh, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, he looked. Good at the ball, and I think that he's going to be a key player going, you know, to towards the later start stage, later stage, essentially. So uh, we'll see how he goes. But I think one last thing we need to talk about is uh, Everton. Basically. Actually, no. Before we talk about that, Shivkumar, you never even mentioned about United. Actually, it's your team. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Shiv. Oh yeah. No, no more Bruno for Ballon d'Or. Rashford knighthood. 
I mean, rational can I do? That's different. And we'll draw after, you know. See, right now it's only one. We have three more big games coming up. You know, we have. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But then it's, it's anyway, it's going to be in Neymar in Dan Bissaka's pocket and, you know, Harry Maguire <laughs> teaching, uh, sending Mbappe back to school. So it's going to be fine. Kavani is scoring a hat trick against his former club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you read the part where Cavani said he one of his main reasons was for joining United was because they were in the same group as PSG and he wanted to punish them for not treating him well in the last season. I wouldn't be surprised. Whoa. He seems like that kind of a guy. <laughs> oh, that'd be that that'd be amazing. I I want them to play a game with the full uh, crowd for at least the second second game and then he should score and do a. Added by your celebration, run all the way to the outside and just. Yeah, I, I think like uh, UEFA had UEFA brought in some rules that like you can allow fans into the stadium depending on your country situation. But yeah. France has gone into emergency right now. Before that, they were allowing uh, fans into the stadium, but I don't know about now because last week after the emergency, I, I doubt they'll allow people. And England's also pretty bad. Uh, we could speak about England, but if you guys want to know what happened in England, you should probably go listen to some English people because they probably resonate the, their anger the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, as Rash has mentioned, uh, Everton, and uh, they pulled off a result. Uh, finally, oh my God, finally, we've had an interesting Merseyside derby. After years of 0 we finally have had an interesting Merseyside derby. And oh my God. Um Let's talk about the one thing that was that stood out the most at the end there. Was Mane offside for that third goal? I thought he was on, you know, at the moment. I thought he was on, yeah. At the moment, obviously, just because I wanted Liverpool to not win, I was like, as soon as I saw the lines going up, I was like, oh, it's millimetres. He's off, he's off, he's off. But I didn't expect it to go that way. And it did. And uh, once it did, I was like, Actually, after it was like it was genuinely onside though. Like, like the three of us, like what the listeners need to know is the three of us hate Liverpool. Like we despise Liverpool. But even after that goal for the like, like just looking at it, we we're just like, you know, Loki looks on, you know. <laughs> and I, I was just like, what's happening here? Why over? Like, like it's not good for the game that that's being called offside. There wasn't even an offside to begin with. But like we've had this discussion like so many times, like not in this podcast but in general. That like that offside, the millimeters of the armpits offside, that it's kind of ruining the game. And then you have now a decision that was not even offside being ruled as offside, which is crazy with VAR. Uh like ship, did you think that was offside? That's off. That's off. Exactly. <laughs> and, no, there, there have been multiple, you know, Liverpool have been lucky enough with VAR last season. No. They, I don't care. It's off. Oh, off that's true, off. that's true, that's true. That's true. They've got way too many decisions, so you know we'll take this. We'll take this. See, we'll how does it like being on the other side, guys? Yeah, we contemplated bringing in a guest today, See, guys. A I'm Liverpool just, fan. I'm, I'm just saying, some teams get bad decisions favoring them after full time. Some people don't even get them during the game. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Rochester> United. <laughs> I guess we all agree then. Uh, and Shiv just doing his own thing. Uh, and then, uh, what about Jordan Pickford's red? I, the one that I don't know why he... I don't know how the ruling is, red. but that was a clear red. Regardless of if he's offside or not, he just... I don't know how that... 
was not given. I don't know what the ruling is. It was very, very talking to me. It that, makes you, know, you wonder. Can you like kill a person, but exactly, it won't count because right? it's offside. The, yeah, if he's offside and the ball is dead, just go punch the guy in the face and not get sent off for it. <laughs> yeah, just, yes, just no, no, no. put Roy Keane uh, in there. <laughs> I was thinking, you guys remember two years ago when a Birmingham City fan punched Jack Grealish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what the hell is that logic? He was offside, so that doesn't count, but he clearly took him out. He caused an ACL injury. He nearly broke the dude's legs. <laughs> Like, he's the no. reason we had the conversation about the league being wide open. How is it not a red card? No, it's like, it's, you know, it's easy. It took so one next time, what happens is, you tell your mate to go run offside, let him stand offside, <laughs> you pass to him, find the nearest play that he hit, tuck him in the face, done. It's offside. Oh, it doesn't come. Oh, yeah. Dude, this... If, if, like, Joey Barton ever goes as a manager, I'm pretty sure there'd be talks about this. <laughs> I'm really he, he won't talk about triangles or half spaces. He'll talk about playing people offside and getting penalties. <laughs> Not getting penalties, but getting people like, injured. Like, oh, that, that, no, no, no. Okay, this good goalkeeper, you know, just take him out. Just, just stand offside and just take him out, lads. We're gonna. <laughs> and and Pepper's gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna call it tactical fouls. <laughs> Okay, I didn't all, all pep into this as well. Jeez. <laughs> all jokes aside, I think that was a straight red for Pickford. I like genuinely like I saw that. I'm like, how are you a goalkeeper? Like, that was the worst tackle that I've seen in a long time from a goalkeeper. He just went in and took like Van Dyke out, like with like like no reason whatsoever. Like, not I wouldn't say no reason, but like like just no basis, like. That should have been the clearest red of like any game, and Richarlison got a red as well, like later on in the game, for a tackle that was arguably less criminal than that. It was a red, but it was like less of an offense than what Pickford did. Like Pickford, if, if like if <laughs> if hypothetically like Van Dyke was onside, Pickford might have even gotten a five match ga- five game ban or something, which probably helps Everton. But like <laughs> like the <laughs> the purpose of like like the ban is still like to punish the team. So. I don't I mean, know what the ruling is there. I mean, now uh, Adrian isn't the most hated keeper by Liverpool fans. <laughs> At least that's there, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, who 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 liked Pickford? <laughs> Pickford is uh, very shaky. Very shaky. And man, uh, it's the same the keepers that... again. Pickford, who, who Kepa, is there for Everton? Who's their, who's their backup keeper for Everton? They they got someone on deadline day, uh, Olsen. Like, he's a Norwegian or Finnish. Like, one of the... I think Norwegian keeper. Uh, I have him in my FPL team, actually, because I thought he'd play. Uh, he probably will play, considering how, pick, how bad Pickford is and was. But, yeah. Uh, Shiva, you were saying something? Yeah, like, you know, like, there's a lot of talk about keepers now, you know? Because yeah. Pickford, then there's Kepa, and then there's Adrian, then there's... Ederson. <laughs> yeah, Ederson. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you see the performance I gave? Yeah, I did, I did. I was kidding. Game. I would take Ederson in a heartbeat over Ederson, Kepa. I don't know. I was, I'll be honest. Especially last season, I was very uh, debatable that he only played with his feet. And he can't actually make much saves. But the defense that City have right now with the last two, three games at least, we've been exposed way too much. And Edison's like saved us Saved a lot yeah. of times. So whenever uh, you guys think about 
whenever you guys think about the mistakes your keepers make, whether it be the Hea, Edison, or even if Shresh watches this Ter Stegen or uh, even Bravo, uh, Rashid, uh, just think, is he Kepa? He will instantly be better. Instantly. I, I saw Chelsea Twitter I mean, gassing up when like Bravo a simple catch of the ball. When Bravo was there, there was no Kepa. So at that time, it was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> at that time, at least when, especially the Barca game where he decided, I'm just going to come <laughs> to the center line and catch the ball. Uh, you know, <laughs> there were some moments there. <laughs> you know, there was time, you know, like, David De Gea in his first season at United was rubbish. Utter rubbish. Like, the... What about now? Uh, see, that's about believing in your keeper, okay? <laughs> like, he was proper rubbish. He, you can see that's the reason City won their first Premier League title. Because yeah, we dropped points is... because of him. Thing is, with De Gea, you could see like he's just like a nervous little kid, like first season in the Premier League. With Kepa, his first season was good. Now he's just throwing. <laughs> he is actually <laughs> throwing games because we're not backing him. Like we are literally starting him just because he's a record signing and just because we need to increase his valuation. He is throwing games. I will not hear anything about it, actually. He is throwing games. So you can't tell me, you can't compare the De Gea and Kepa situation at all. <laughs> You know, okay. I think that's going to wrap it up with this episode. You know, we're going to end before, it up with before, Kepa. Before, before we increase Sayab's blood pressure too much, I think we have to end. <laughs> like, let's let's end it on Kepa. Uh, I mean, that was a good talk. Like, this weekend has been like, really exciting and there's still a game going on which we don't know how the result is going to go. It's 0-0 um, at the time. Oof. Uh, it, it's like 60 minutes in, right? I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah, minutes in. I guess that's going to conclude this episode, guys. Uh, this is fun. I like uh, I like ranting about Kepa and Zuma. We should probably do it. Uh, let's not do it more though, because it's not healthy for me. Uh, but thank you guys again for joining us. Um, please like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube, and follow us on Instagram as well. If if the link is in the description, so please follow us, and we will be updating you guys on new episodes and new clips, especially. So thank you guys for watching, and uh, see ya.